Amen. Y'all can be seated, thankful to our worship team as they, uh, as they lead us in worship. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, we are going to end this letter that Peter wrote uh, to the church then and the church today. Uh, over the fall, we have been in this series that we call In, Not Of... And we've used that to look at really how we should live in the world as Christians because this letter to 1 Peter uh, is really a how-to for churches then and churches now. Uh, And I've said this about every Sunday. I've heard that phrase a lot, as a Christian you should live in the world and not be of it. And I always thought that was very much a negative, like I couldn't do things that I wanted to do. But if we turn that around and look at it as a positive, that uh, we have a greater purpose than we ever imagined, we're loved more than we ever dreamed, uh, we have fulfillment in Christ, and I would say this, I believe, not just through faith, but being a Christian, and this is easy to say in like the Bible Belt, but I'd say it anywhere, being a Christian is the best way to live this life on earth. Uh, Because it it says things that no other thought process or philosophy does. I mean, think about it, to uh, reconcile with enemies. Uh, Think about it, that you have an eternal purpose that doesn't just start at death, but starts now. Uh, That you are part of a new and greater kingdom. So when we see the craziness in the world, I'm not just a Christian because of faith, I very much am. But I'm a Christian because I've kind of like thought it through like, This is the best way to live my life. Uh, And I think that uh, as Christians, as we grow and know and come to understand it, uh, it is a positive to be in the world and not be of it. Because we are part of something greater. And we should reflect something greater. We should reflect Christ in our relationships, in our churches, uh, when we go to football games, uh, at Christmas parties coming up, uh, in, in everything. We're in it. So it does not say withdraw or separate. But we are not... If Jesus is in you, we're not of it. And we're not called to be of it. And it's actually better that we're not of it. But we're to lead people to something better. Okay, I say that all that. We're closing this series today. We have gone through every verse of 1 Peter over the last 10 weeks. Uh, next week, we are going into what we call the Advent season, uh, where we look at uh, Jesus' coming and Jesus' coming again. Uh, and the sermon series will be called Coming Soon, and it's a special time. We'll have candles, have people light the Advent candles. We've got some baby dedications, we've got some joinings, we've got children's choir. It'll be a great month. But before we move into that, we're going to finish First Peter. I want to read verses 8 through 14. And before I do that, let's pray again. Lord, you give us your word. You call us something, you call us to something greater than, than really we know. And I just pray for uh, these, your, uh, your, your people here uh, would know that by your word and by your spirit and would see anew and see different. And you'd remind us whether it's each Sunday or each time we come into your word uh, that we are called to something greater than just the world around us, something greater than just our job, something greater than even just being a husband uh, or a wife or a dad or a mom or a brother or a sister that we are called to be your children, and that moves us into a greater family. And I pray that we would just see that more and more 
that the best life is in you, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Verse 8, 1 Peter 5. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. All right, today I want to talk about uh, seeing uh, or watching. Actually, the passage we just read, it opens, Peter tells us, be watchful. Watch. And when I hear the word or think of the word watch, I immediately go to like watching TV or movies because we, we watch them, but often we don't watch life. I mean, who, who likes movies? I love movies. I like movies? Okay, a few. Okay, now, you know, the, the argument is that TV is supplanted movies. So he, who likes, you know, the binge TV stuff? Anybody? Just a few? You're afraid to admit? We are probably afraid to admit the TV shows we watch. Okay, I like both. And here's what I have picked up. When I will watch a movie or watch a TV show, I'm very intent. Like, I'm trying to catch things. I'm like, okay, where's the story going? What's his or her role? Um... What's the plot here? What's this? You know, you, you're very in tune to the story that's going on. You want to pick it up. It's just interesting. We, we don't go through life hardly like that at all. Or at least I, I don't. Maybe you do. But I, I'm not intentionally like watching around me. Instead, I'm more just often going through the motions. Okay, I got to do this. You know, check off my list. Uh, you know, I got to call this person. Uh, I've got to meet with this person. Um, I've got to prepare for this message. I've got to go here. You know, and, but we're not like really focused on you know, what's going on around us. What, what are they going through? Um, how, can I, how can I minister to my wife better? How can I, what's my kids? I mean, I take them to activities. What, what, are, they, what are they going through? We really don't watch. I mean, I would say we really often, we'll go through life blindly and just caught up in, in the doing. Uh, and, and yet, uh, Christians, talk about in, not of, we're, we're called to see different. And I've said that a lot in, in the course of my ministry. Uh, I really believe Christianity, it's a, it's a worldview that is different. You see the world different. And I do think, that we should be more in tune with, with watching what is going on around us uh, through the lens of God's Word, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That really only happens with uh, a very, and I'll use this word, um, we love this word, we, Chris and I used to talk about this, a, a rich 
not in finance, but a rich prayer life, which often, you know, I'm not afraid to admit, but often, you know, I don't have because I'm blindly running through the course of life. And so things like silence and solitude and prayer, they don't come naturally to me. Ask my wife. Okay, activity does, but it blinds us. And sometimes it blinds us to seeing what God wants us to see. We're called to look at the world in a different way. I think the Bible is one story that we're created. You're created in God's image. Okay, that doesn't mean you're a Christian, but God created you in his image. We are fallen. Uh, Sin is not an action. Sin is a way of being. And all of it, all of that sin is in us. And we do what we don't want to do. Just look at Romans 7. And if that's what Paul says, and I'm not Paul, we do that as well. Yet we are saved or redeemed by Jesus. Why the cross is front and center here. I always say it like this. Christmas, you know, it's coming. Easy to understand. It's like softball. God came to us. Sweet baby. Resurrection. Easter. Very easy. You know, like, man, we defeat death in Christ. Cross? A little tougher. A little tougher. Because what it's about is that, hey, we, we needed somebody to take our place. To cover the sin. And that was Jesus. He saves us. And then God is through his Holy Spirit. Through the power of the word. Through the church. Through you. He is restoring his world. Planting churches. Saving other people. New people coming to Christ. That that is a rescue story. That's in the Bible and going on today. And we should look and see that more and more. Now, something else about seeing or watching. You know, I, I've said this to people that I've, I've pastored. I've said this to uh, both men and women. I really think, and, and you know, the great, the great times that we really sense God's presence, we, we sense, I'll just call it like two planes. Use my hands right here, two planes. Like bottom hand here, earthly plane. Uh, here now, the physical, the literal, what you see, what you do, the food you eat, the job you have, the life, the run around. This hand... Bible, let's call it a spiritual plane. And when you've been really moved, maybe it's in a church service, maybe it's in Honduras, maybe it's just on a one-on-one uh, meeting or encounter, or it can, be, it can be anywhere, something touches you a little bit more. You have this connection to something that's greater, that we can't really see. I remember feeling this last Christmas Eve service, and you know, we, we talked about a company of witnesses Around us, and you know, Christmas Eve is a good time to talk about angels. But what if we're surrounded by, you know, brothers and sisters who've gone before? And you know, you kind of feel, you know, part of something greater. It's not just the here and now. Some of the best movies that we love, some of the best stories, and they can be non-Christian. Have tapped into that. Thought about this week. Think about some movies you love. There's a uh, this. This may just. Uh, this may be a big reveal, but I remember growing up and Legend of the Fall was like so, like, you know, it made Brad Pitt a star. Who's seen Legend of the Fall? Remember? Anybody? Okay. Now, Legend of the Fall at the very end, and this doesn't ruin anything, but it talked about Brad Pitt's character, Tristan. And, and I, this came to me, I was thinking about this message. It said, you know, Tristan, it's a story and everything, but he always had one foot in this world and one foot in the world to come. Now, that's a non-Christian movie, okay? And I know there's kind of like Indian and spirit, but... The greatest stories, they, they can tap into these two planes. Another example, and this kind of shows, you know, what I've been watching on TV. Anybody watch Stranger Things? Anybody watch Stranger Things? Okay. 
I'm like, wow, okay, all the kids are like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm tracking with you now. I woke up. Okay, anyway, Stranger Things, you know, again, kind of two planes, and its plane is a very dark plane. So you could, you know, like, you could, we're going to talk about the devil here in a second, but upside down, dark plane. Uh, another one, kind of softball classic, Star Wars, you know. Another one, Harry Potter. All of these are non-Christian, but they tap into something that I believe is innate in every human being. This sense of something else. This sense of a supernatural. Okay? Now, they're very much Christian stories that tap into this too, which I, I like better. But classic Chronicles of Narnia, classic Lord of the Rings. I say all this because if we're Christian, we should explicitly, completely, totally believe in this, whether you call it two planes, supernatural, other things going on around us that we can't literally see. Sometimes we can feel, we could probably always feel some of it if we had that time in prayer, that silence with God, that solitude. But we don't see and we're blinded by the activity and by things we think we should do that we miss seeing in full. So let's go to the Bible because the idea of watching, it's not my opinion. It's just what Peter said to us today and to church is the end. He said, be sober-minded. Obviously sober, don't be drunk. That could be translated as a clear mind. You can't see clearly if your mind's not clear. And he said, be watchful. Watch out, verse 8. Now, the first way of seeing could be bad things that could happen and why or trials. And he's explicit. The devil. And he names him and he describes him. What does he say? Your adversary. What's an adversary? Someone who opposes you. Guys uh, and, and gals, we have an enemy that is consistently, constantly opposing us. In opposition, our adversary, an enemy. And guess what? It's not one another. Or it's not, you know, that relative that you're not looking forward to seeing this this week. As a Christian, we do have an enemy. I mean, the Bible's clear. And look at this, the devil. And this is not the demon or a group of demons. This is, this is the devil. This is Satan. Prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Does not sound good. I say that. Do, do we see uh, trials uh, and I talk about spiritual warfare a lot, but I mean, do, do we see trials or challenges uh, sometimes as instigated by an opposing force, the opposing force, the devil? You know, it's not all things, but it's not no things that are instigated by the devil. And if we're not in tune with the Lord, if we don't have, again, use this word, this, this rich spiritual life in God's word, talk about rise with God, reading the Bible, uh, in prayer, we are sitting ducks. And we'll blame other people. We'll blame other people for uh, our, our sin, our pride. I'm, look, I'm expert at blaming. Again, ask my wife, okay? It's not just blaming her. But I'm, I'm blame central here, okay? And it confuses us. And I'm like, you know, thoughts aren't clear. So, so what do we do? Even if we see it. Uh, the Bible is clear here. Resist him firm in your faith. Resist him. Another movie. It's my wife's favorite. One of her favorite. Out of Africa. Anybody seen that? 
Not many, not many. Okay, yeah. It's my wife's favorite, not mine. But it, it is a classic. It's good. And set in Africa. There's this scene, okay? And it's Robert Redford, Meryl Streep. They're out. I don't know if they're hunting or, but they, they've got guns and, you know, they're in Africa. They come across a lion who is like feasting, okay, on this, on this animal. They don't, obviously, they don't walk up knowing he's there. They freeze. But what's interesting, and it, Thankfully, I've never, you know, been in, in land or country and walked up on a line. Uh, some of y'all have been on safaris, I know, have seen it, but maybe been in a car or like a tank or something like that. I don't know. But, but they walk up on it, and, you know, the advice is it's, it's not turn and run. And when you encounter a line, that's, they say that, you know, don't ever turn and flee. Uh, because then the lion will sense weakness, and obviously it's faster than you, and you're, you know, he's going to be feasting on you, literally. Freeze, and this movie shows you freeze, and you stare at it, that it senses a position of strength, and that it in turn would flee, because it senses that you are the dominant force in this encounter. Now, in the movie, actually, they slowly backed up, and he saw him, and he attacked. And they shot him, okay? But he did say, do not turn and run. Robert Redford did. Slowly stare, and don't turn around and flee. That's just not good advice on seeing a lion in in the wild. It's great advice on confrontations with the devil. Do not turn and flee. And this is not my opinion. It's what the Bible said. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Stand. Take a stand. You have the dominant force inside you, which is the Holy Spirit. The devil, by the way, is a created being. He's not a creator. He creates nothing. The power of the Holy Spirit, you can stand in front. And guess what? The devil will flee from you. Not my opinion either. It's what the Bible says. Put up on screen James 4, 7. We got it. Very simple verse. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Power is not in our human ability. It is in God. Okay? Jesus saved us. Holy Spirit dwells within us. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Same, different people, James and Peter. Same word they use. Resist the devil. James adds, and he will flee from you. So I don't know how you see uh, problems, challenges, trials. I do think... The devil and his demonic uh, forces play on our minds. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, take your thoughts captive. He tricks us. He's called the liar, the deceiver. Okay, Resist him and he will flee from you. The power of Christ is, I mean, it's over and above greater than the devil. And often we give the devil, and I'll use that, you know, a lot more power than he deserves. You know, one of the, you know, some of the movies real quick. You know, I hate The Exorcist. I had to see it one time. But, you know, in, in, in like devil movies and stuff like that, I mean, they are given so much more power. I mean, anytime you see a priest or a religious man, you know, they're dead. I mean, just immediately. I mean, they're goners, okay? And yet when Jesus confronts demons, I mean, there, there's no like grand war. Even in Revelation. I mean, you could look at Revelation at, at Armageddon. Uh, Revelation 20. I mean, like, all the forces of the devil gathered this last time in the future, and it's like, boom, you know, it's over, done in a second. It's gone. We have the power by the Holy Spirit, and we don't use it. 
Yeah, last movie. A lot of y'all think of that. Yes, well, there'll probably be another movie they'll say, but Lord of the Rings. Gandalf, that big dragon, you know, demons coming out at him, and he stands on that bridge and he says, You will not pass. You know, I mean, and the dragon's like bigger than this building and everything. I mean, do we ever stand up for, you know, you will not pass. So you will not go here. You will not dwell here. You will not reside here. Get the, flee. I mean, do we ever have that kind of passion? Too many are fleeing. And too many are just running ragged and don't, just clueless, honestly, what we have. Okay. Now, what we have, and Peter goes on, here's what they're like, he's like, okay, how do you resist him? It's like, here's what you got. One, you are going to suffer. He does say it. Resist him, he'll flee. But you are going to suffer. There's going to be some suffering. And brothers throughout the world, I'm glad we showed this video today. And I know you saw Josh Manley and his wife Jenny. I've heard firsthand they're suffering. And it's been pretty big, just so you know. Uh, and suffering that me and you and others here have has been pretty big. It's, it's going to happen. We're not greater than our master. We can expect some of it. But brothers and sisters here around the world going through it together. And after you have suffered a little while, it's not forever. There are seasons, but it's not every season in life. After you've suffered a little while, here's what we have. And this is probably most important, but this is probably the moment where you can check out the most because you're like, man, I got that or Sunday school. But this part here is most important. The devil can be like exciting, talking about spiritual warfare, but what we have, this is, say it again, broken record, this is most important. After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace. We do not save ourselves. Uh, The way we look, you know, good looking, it's not going to save us. Uh, The best foot forward, and you know, we're all sales men and sales women, not putting our best foot forward, not going to save us, okay? Sin is not an action, sin's a way of being, okay? Grace. Grace is free. Grace is a gift. We can't save ourselves. The God of all grace. Uh, Us being here is grace. Uh, Any growth that we have is grace. Uh, Any mission that we do is grace. Any gifts you have of mind, of of hands, uh, of spirit, of leadership, of creativity, it's all grace. It is all grace. The God of all grace that does give abundantly. Got to know that. It's his gig and his deal. Who has called you? So you're called. You're a Christian. You're called. I was talking to a brother just this week who has uh, profound, let me say this, profound influence in some higher uh, media circles. Okay, not just in Jackson. I'm talking nationwide. Okay. And I said, and he didn't really catch me, okay, on it. He didn't really get it. But I said, you know, I do believe that if you're a Christian and then you're given influence, and you should use that as leverage because the whole deal about restoring the world is bringing people, yes, to Christ, but more to see what he's doing in a life. So everybody's called, you know, media or people on TV or, you know, news or uh, politicians or architects, designers, artists, musicians, all called, all called. But what are you called to? Well, guess what? It ain't just here. It ain't just the happiest, best, or most successful life now and no hell or something greater. Eternal glory. 
Eternal glory is actually greater than earthly glory. Our idols are earthly glory. C.S. Lewis said, those who do the most in the earthly life think more of the heavenly life. And if our eyes are set on that horizon, we will actually, they call it do, give, achieve, accomplish more here. I, I really believe that. Because you, you know, you have this taste of eternal glory, grace in Christ. And so while we're going through trials, while we see, but not in full, eternal glory, he will strengthen, it says, confirm, it says, establish, restore. So the view of the future strengthens us for the present, helps us overcome the trials of suffering that we will have. But if you don't see, and if we're not watching for glory around us, that, you know, again, my wife, I mean, God love her, she says this to the kids, you know, Logan loves the ocean. We always say, you want beach or mountains? Beach, beach, beach. He takes after his dad. As beautiful as the beach is, the mountains. It's just a, it's a foreshadowing of, of the glory that we will one day see but experience and and be part of so we have to taste that we have to see that and he has dominion and in this season of debate and politics Jesus is king verse 11 amen thank you Moody Neil's not here appreciate you bro okay Uh Neil by the way is having a grandbaby so uh, well not him but you know his daughter's having a grandbaby praise God so we miss we miss Neil All right, last closing up something else important he says amen but every letter he focuses on the family of Christ and so just closing today we're focused on the family of Christ and look at this verse 12 Silvanus most folks think that's Silas you know your Bible and he says he's a brother now Silas is not Peter's earthly brother he says he's a brother. Then he says, she who is at Babylon, and just, you may like this detail or you may not even care, but Babylon is supposedly code for Rome, but it's a she. So Peter has this sister relationship. Then he says, Mark, my son. And news flash, Mark is not Peter's biological son, okay? But he says son. You know, so you're like, well, so what is this? Peter has tapped into this. And he's living it out, okay? And Peter left a lot. Um, he had, had a family, an earthly family. Uh, he was married. Uh, people really don't know, but he, he did leave. There was a leaving, and he gave up because he knew he had this greater family. Brothers, sisters uh, in Christ, sons, and there could be daughters uh, in the Lord. And he's putting the emphasis on, yes, you know, See that your sufferings, there is an opposing force. See what you have, but then see what you have also here in the family of Christ. Brothers, sisters, sons, daughters uh, in the Lord. And I always want to emphasize this because uh, it, it is so key that that is who we are. And we have to remind ourselves of that because... The enemy, the adversary, is always opposing us and he wants to confuse us. But, you know, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ if we call ourselves as Christians, which would change the way we speak and act 
Maybe not speak. You know, the Bible says a lot about gossip and double-tongued towards one another. And so I love just about in all, I think all the letters, whether it's Paul, Peter, he closes with the family of Jesus and who we are to be. He says, greet one another with the kiss of love. Now, you're like, I don't know if I want to do that here, okay? But he does say greet. That is used in every letter just about. Greet one another with love. Peace to all of you who are Christ. Because Peter uh, does know how the enemy can wreck people's lives, church's lives. Everything's going to be restored, but he knows. Paul knows. So they close with, with this on on the family. And so I'm going to close here today. I mean, for us, do we see here? You know, we have we've been blessed uh, with a place. Uh, some of y'all may, you know, not realize, some of us may take that for granted, been blessed with a place, been blessed with people, um, godly men and women, people far from God who begin slowly coming in, people who are growing, everybody who's messy. You know, chief mess right here. You know, probably do myself an injustice, but I'm chief mess, you know. And so, but there's something greater outside of us that we need to to look to. So I want to close by asking all of us, and I am too. I want to say, obviously you don't have to. I mean, free, freedom of everything, you know. But if you would indulge me, close your eyes. And I'm going to close my eyes, Okay. You know, and the Lord, you know, put this on me because sometimes, you know, and Jesus said it, you know, the, the blind see and those who see are blind. So it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, the, the plane and the place of the Spirit does not require earthly eyes or vision. So I just want us to imagine, and, and this is me too, guys and gals, because I've can feel this way. I just want us to imagine that we are, and you're, first you're alone. So whoever you are, your spouse is not with you, kids not with you, friends not with you, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend not with you, fiance, you know, you're alone. You're alone. And you're in deep woods, okay? And I know some of us are hunters, so we can imagine, but we're just deep woods. And I say deep woods because it's dark. It's dark and it's scary. And you, and you have no resources. And, and it's cold. You know, whether in your woods it's snowing or it's not snowing, but it's, it's really cold. And there's no flashlight, and there's no gun for us hunters. And there's, there's no resources. We're just alone. And it's dark. And then in the distance, we, we see this light. And we want to move to it, but we are still really scared. And the light moves to us, and it comes to us. And the light is, whether you would call it yellow or golden, but it's beautiful. And it gets closer and closer until that we can see the light is Jesus. I mean, as a person. And he's clothed in white. And he's not the Jesus 
that we see on the stained glass window. He's not sandal Jesus. He's glory Jesus. He's white, he's radiant, yellow, golden. And he comes to you. And you feel so safe and so secure. And he embraces you. And he says that he loves you. And you feel just everything, the, the light, the peace, the warmth, the no fear. He's there. He's, and he says he's not going to leave you. And we feel good. And then we realize that we're not alone. Yes, Jesus is there, but I know I'm talking about there's somebody else there. Somebody that we know in human plane, earthly plane. We know that person. That person hurt us. And he's there in this, in this place. And so now it's you. Jesus embracing you. And then very close by this other person. And somehow in life, they hurt you. They, they did something. They said something. And you don't like them. You never liked them. Or maybe you did like them and the hurt's too strong. And you look at them. And all of a sudden, the darkness begins to creep in again. Jesus is still there. But you can just feel it. It, like, invades your heart. And you don't look to Jesus. You're looking at that person. Therefore, Jesus looks to you. And he just says, don't. And he says, I love them too. They are mine too. And he just says, look at me. Stay with me, embrace me. And you know that, and you trust that, and you can release it.